I will admit that I do not have all the answers to how to motivate students to care or to get assignments done on time or in the kind of time that we'd like them to. But I do have some strategies that have worked for me in recent history that I'd like to share with you today. So that's our plan for today. Let's talk about student motivation. Welcome to Anti-Burnout for English Teachers. I'm Danielle Hicks and I am your host. I will be in this podcast going over tips and strategies to avoid burnout. Being an English teacher is so tough and we really need to join together and figure out ways that we can continue to build a great English classroom and also not feel depleted by the end of the year. So let's go. Right now, my students are in the thick of completing a personal narrative. The assignment is that they have to write about a food memory and they have to connect it in some way to their identity. It has to incorporate imagery, symbolism, um, theme, elements of literature. The kicker though, and what is a major deterrent to students completing the assignment is that they have to write at least two pages. And I actually have it set at um, 1.15 spacing at like Muli 11 font. So they, and I tell them not to change that, and they are very resistant to writing that much. And I, I've actually come to this, this page count because if it's too little, then they do the assignment incorrectly because they can just write the story and not get to the theme. Um, and generally what happens is I have to tell them, or if they're not able to complete the page requirement, it's mostly because they don't have a theme or they're not using imagery they don't have a moment in scene whatever the the page length actually helps them to do the assignment correctly but this is more than they feel is reasonable to write i uh did this which motivated some students i said okay before we started i said i'm going to write this assignment how much more time than me do you think that you need and i was like what like twice as long and they were like maybe twice as long and then a couple kids said three times as long I was like okay fine I'll give you three times as long as it takes me it took me 45 minutes to write my narrative so I gave them an additional like 90 minutes so um I that and like I said, that motivated some students, like giving them like X amount of time more than me. So that was just one strategy, but really that's like 0.5 of a strategy because that only got about a third of the students to complete the assignment, which was frustrating to say the least um with my honor students I said finish this for homework I really didn't have many of them complete the assignment for homework that's not unusual for 
my school or for me oh I I think that I'm in the norm but I'll just talk about me specifically so um I would find that students do not complete homework in English class they prioritize their science and math generally the history everything that they have quizzes and tests is what they're going to do instead of doing my assignment we all know or we've struggled with students faking reading it extends to I think English in general a lot of students feel like they can do not a lot but there are some students that think that they can cheat their way through English easier than other courses or um, just kind of like flub it not really have to go all in anyway long story short there are students that do not complete homework we're at the beginning of the year they don't know me okay fine I think also we're in a place like we want to balance I I don't want to grade everything that you do but also how do I motivate you to complete assignments if I don't give you a grade and I think that we've gotten into this you know carrot and stick situation that we didn't make but we're you know in that kind of hamster wheel I just mixed a lot of metaphors but we are in the situation where students won't really do assignments if they feel like it doesn't if they don't need to and they don't really see the big picture of this time this assignment leads to the next and this assignment leads to the next okay so that's where I really spent a lot of thinking that our assignments really are if we're doing it in a way where our formatives lead to the summative it's they're all hugely important and students can't properly move on to the next step without doing that previous step so I leaned into that and I'm not letting students move on to the next step without completing a draft and I put the draft pretty early in the process I told them I don't want it to even be good like it doesn't need to be good at this point it just needs to be complete all I need at this point is that full two pages so as I said some of them just did it with the time that I gave them then I when they came in and didn't have the assignment, and I'm talking specifically for honors, and I'll talk about what I did for um, my English 11 students that are not honors as well. So with my honor students, what I did is I had them, I had set up a station's day. So where we were going to do, we did peer review, we did some editing, I had them go through some stations where they were looking at like word choice. There was a station that was me. So they got specific feedback from me about their narrative. And this was only available to people that completed their narrative. For people that did not complete their narrative, they went outside my classroom and worked on their narrative. So they missed and and actually when they came in I was like to my students that were in the classroom I was like was this helpful and they did actually think it was really helpful so they were um and I've done the, those actual like stations before 
So I knew that they would respond positively, but students were like, yeah, that, this was really helpful. I feel so much better about my, my draft and I know what to do to move forward. Whereas the students that were not prepared, they kind of heard that part of the conversation, um, which I'm hoping leads them to do a little bit better in the future and feel like they did miss out on something a little bit by not being in class. If anybody asks me, I will give them the stations that they missed that they could do on their own. But um, nobody did today, which was a little disappointing, but um, that's a strategy. So before they're able to move on to the next step, they need to complete this one. Like it doesn't make sense. Like I, we can't, you know, mold something that doesn't exist. You can't make pottery if you don't have the clay first. So that was what I did with my honors classes. And with my English 11 classes, my non-honors class, they're also writing the narrative. And I gave them the same assignment. I gave them a little bit more time, actually. And they had quite a bit more scaffolding than my honor students. But when they didn't have the assignment today, I actually, um, <laughs> and one of my students was was laughing because of how much I repeated this, but I said, okay, now today we're going to work on this assignment. And it's actually like analyzing a graphic novel. They're doing like a little bit of a graphic novel as a way to really work on like visual imagery um, tie-in. So... I told them if they had their draft, they could move on. They could start working on the next step, which is looking at this, um, you know, the graphic novel and applying that to their own narrative. If they were not at that step, they were working on their draft of the narrative. So I told them multiple times that... I'm not giving them a draft or a grade for completing their draft. That feels, I I don't like doing that because I feel like I'm double grading them or I'm grading them on a um, process instead of actually uh, their skill. So I don't like to do that. I know that a lot of teachers have had success with that and that's fine. It's just not my strategy. But what I did emphasize is this assignment where they were looking at elements of a graphic novel and applying it to their narrative is actually a grade. And I didn't even give it to students if they weren't finished with the narrative. I explained it to the whole class, but I had only given it to the students that were ready for it. So there was a little bit of like, oh, I'm actually a little bit behind so I need to focus and that worked for quite a bit of my student population that they were like oh I guess I need to really get on it because I don't even have access to this assignment that is due and for me this assignment they need to complete it during class time or like during my class because they're using a graphic novel that they can't take home I only have a class set, so they're going to have to th now spend, we have a little bit of, uh, like, 
intervention time that's a little bit free, they're going to have to figure out how to use that time or what they would have used for study hall or whatever to complete this assignment since they didn't use their time wisely before. Um, and I did say multiple times, this is like, I'm not grading your draft, the thing that you're working on right now, but I am grading the next thing that you don't have access to yet. And I, saying it out loud, I'm not really sure if, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I think I'm like walking the line a little bit. It feels a little bit, um, I don't know, it feels a little manipulative, but I was very, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to do this. I'd prefer that all the students just had it done when I asked them to, but this is a little bit of motivation, incentive for them to get it done because they are going to notice the grade that's, um, you know, not, not available to them. And, and something to point out too, in my district at my school, there is not a penalty for late work. So even though the students are going to be doing the assignment late, that in itself is not going to affect their grade as long as they do it. So I'm just hoping that this will be like, okay, this like, sure, like you can do it later, but if you're with me, it's going to be better for you. Another thing that I think will help and has helped in the, in the past is my process, my own system for grading late work. I only actually process late work. It used to be once a week, um, but that was challenging actually with the amount of late work that I was receiving. Um, so what I'm doing, and, and now I've, I was t- saying in the last episode that I have more administrative responsibilities than I did in the past. So I'm actually going to make it so that I'm only processing late work. If the interval that I process late work is going to be less frequent. So a student will have a zero sitting in their grade book for longer and that it's it's a placeholder, but it does feel uncomfortable for them. So that is something that will help to to get assignments in in a more timely fashion. In fact, I did have yesterday or when I was giving this uh, to my non-honor students, there were several students that were saying, okay, this assignment that I didn't do today, when are you going to grade that? Are you going to grade it today? Can I, can I do it for homework? Can I take that book, please, so that I could do this for homework so that I don't get that you know, placeholder zero in the grade book because I don't want to see my grade tank. So, um, that, that did feel, that did feel good. Um, that students did have a little bit of urgency around the assignment and around their grade. So it is a little bit like, I wish it was more internal motivation, but I do think that the, the philosophy behind it in that like you really can't properly move forward without having this previous step feels reasonable to me since I'm not I'm not making that up like I actually do really feel like they'll be more successful if they go through these steps so 
there's that. Um, okay, so also, all right, so just the, those, the structure of that, like unlocking assignments philosophy, uh, I'm really excited about that. The students seem to be responding well to it. And also that combined with my late work, my late work process, I think is going to work well. Um, other things that I've done this year that have worked for student motivation in ways, um, I had a day where I asked students to, we played a game actually. So the game was, I gave, I had them in groups and then I gave them a open-ended question. So a question that had many, many answers. And then I had each group, we went kind of round robin so that each group had to answer it answer the question. And when they couldn't answer the question, then they were done for that question. And unintended consequence, what happened was in groups, when there were students that were prepared, and they had students that hadn't read, so couldn't contribute, they were getting a little frustrated um, that they couldn't rely on the rest of the team and they had to do the work themselves Uh, and it was really like it happened all class period you know like okay here's your question what can you say and everybody was participating so when students couldn't participate it was pretty visual or not visual it it was apparent and I, I don't know like as I said it again, like this feels a little bit um, uncomfortable for me because it is like students are like, oh, like I'm not prepared and now everybody knows. But also like if they were just prepared, then it would be better. And that's what we want anyway. Like I think holding students accountable for the reading and holding them accountable for their assignments is a good thing. And I think that's Like every task that we have that we struggle with doing, if we have accountability around it, then it helps. So that's that's what I'm thinking that now we'll see how it goes in the next in the next novel, because I did this actually towards the end of their reading. Because I was I realized, as I said in the last episode, that I wasn't really doing enough to hold them accountable for their reading. So we will see if this strategy pays off of knowing that there will be circumstances where they have to kind of work together and their student their um peers will be depending on them knowing the material as well so that is something I've also done this in a way where I have given like I wouldn't now give a quiz like this because I just the way that I teach has changed and the way that I assess students has changed. But giving students a quiz that was more like, okay, um, who are these characters? And maybe doing matching, having some short answer questions, doing some um, multiple choice questions, um, having them um, maybe write a brief essay. 
And having that either done in groups or as an entire class and having part of the grade. So they get a grade for the quiz and they also get a grade for being engaged. So I think I would make this, uh, I've made this um, open book so that students that haven't read still can participate and try to find the answers and realize that they, you know, need to be part of the conversation. And I give a grade for everyone staying engaged. So not uh, being on their phone, not, uh, you know, sitting back and just like playing solitaire on their computer or whatever. So having peer accountability um, has helped me in the past and something that I continue to do. Having those like class and group assignments where it really is dependent on a group and not just like splitting up assignment or splitting up the assignment because if they do split up the assignment and I've given them let's say 20 minutes and because they've split it up it takes eight they now have 12 minutes to seem like they're on task because otherwise they'll be they'll be hurting the grade of the class so that is another strategy. Um, I've also, as a final idea, thought about, and I'm incorporating cl- more class-generated content. I have, actually I have another one after this. So more class-generated content. So I have, I really like, having those group and whole class assignments but what I think I'm um, going to incorporate more of this year are assignments that are mixed media okay wait I'm just combining the two so never mind it is just one so mixed and multimedia mixed multimedia assignments so incorporating images and videos both things that they've generated themselves and um, what they've called from the internet and from like YouTube. I think using those different mediums has a lot of potential because A, it gets them thinking in a way that I think is really relevant to their world. And B, this makes their assignment and what they make out of it less likely to be created by an AI. So they still, let's say they do take the written portion and make it, you know, they have ChatGPT do it. They still need to figure out how to appropriately incorporate that video or the image in a way that is seamless. And I don't think that that's something that they can get out of an AI. Maybe it will do it in the future. I don't know. Probably. But right now, I think that that's something that is really interesting. And the motivation factor here is the students really enjoy it, actually. I gave 
um, this assignment at the beginning of the year. It's one of the, uh, the assignments that's in my TPT store. I asked students to apply to my class and they did jobs like multimedia specialist, class engagement specialist, um, literary analysis, they, analyst, um, they, what are, what were other ones, discussion facilitator. So a lot of my students, when they applied for jobs, I would say a third of the students actually, okay, a third is maybe too high. Between a quarter and a third, though, applied for the multimedia position. And what was really interesting to me is some of their backgrounds. Like I have some students that they actually make videos for YouTube. Like that's something that they really enjoy doing and they have a channel. I have several students that have a channel. I have a student that actually edits videos um, as a freelance business. He has, he works on, like he has a profile up on Fiverr. So I thought that was really cool. And I think assuming that our students don't really have those skills is um, like we're not there anymore. So incorporating multimedia at the same time, though, I don't think that they have the uh, opportunity as much to incorporate those multimedia. You know, they don't have multimedia. They have a media. So having poetry with image I think will be really interesting if they come up with it maybe having it be a video essay with some written portion um, that's not just clicking on slides I think could be really cool because they don't have those skills it's something that will be fun to explore and and talking to them just about what I have planned, they seem really excited about that too. So those are my ideas for right now, um, what things I've done, what I'm thinking right now, what I plan to do in the future. I would love to hear your thoughts about what I've shared and also what you're seeing in your schools with student motivation. Maybe I'm an outlier. Your students are super motivated and you don't have to do anything, but I'd love to hear from you. Give me a uh, message if you have the time at English Architect, English Classroom Architect at Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you. And I will talk to you next week.